the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is made possible through the sponsorship of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship and through the generous giving of faithful donors like you. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at awordforlife.com. Welcome to A Word for Life. A Word for Life is the radio ministry of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, located in Tacoma, Washington. And now, here's Pastor Michael Fields with A Word for Life. As we move toward the day that we will remember and celebrate the Lord's resurrection from the dead, um, I would like for us to turn our attention towards some of the events that both led up to and that also took place after uh, the Lord's triumphant victory over the devil, over death, over hell, and over the grave. And so as we are moving forward toward Easter, Resurrection Sunday, I'd like for us to begin to take note of some of the events that happened that led up to that fateful day, but then also some of the events that happened after the resurrection of the Lord from the dead. And so on today, dear ones, I would like for us to focus our attention on the verses of Scripture that we have before us here in Matthew, the 26th chapter. And the topic that I would like for us to consider on today, dear ones, is this, the betrayer and the betrayal. The betrayer and the betrayal. Dear ones, the betrayal of Jesus by Judas that is recorded for us in the pages of Scripture can be seen as something that is historic, as something that is representative, but it should not be looked upon by us as something that is unique. It is historic. It is representative, but it is not necessarily unique. Um, It is historic in the sense that because of the diabolical and devious nature of the betrayal that Judas undertook against Jesus, the name of Judas has since that time come to be connected to and associated with such things as a person being deceptive or a person being untruthful, their untruthfulness, they're, they're not trustworthy, or a person lying, or a person betraying somebody, or a person becoming self-seeking, or being underhanded, or being willing to double-cross someone, even somebody that is close to them. And so the name of Judas has become associated with all of these 
different things, none of which are good. Now, it is also representative in the sense that what Judas did to Jesus forever stands as the classic example for us of somebody who, of somebody who will take someone who is close to them, who will take someone who a person views as being their friend, who will take someone that someone has confided in you, but then they will turn that and begin to use those things to their advantage and for their own selfish purposes. They will take those things that you have shared and confided with them and then try to use them while they are still pretending to be your friend. They're still pretending to be your friend, but all the while they're using things and plotting against you. And it is, it, is, it is representative of an example of someone who will double-cross you with little to no regards for how that double-cross is going to impact you and affect you. And so it is historic what Judas did. It is representative what Judas did. But dear ones, the portrayal of Jesus that Judas undertook and committed, it is not unique in the sense that there are some of us today who have had our own personal Judas moments. We have had our own personal Judas moments where somebody that you that you had trusted, somebody that you had confided in, somebody that you had invested in, somebody that was close to you, turned on you and not only violated the trust and the confidence that you had shared with them. Dear ones, they did not just violate your trust with the things that you had shared. Dear ones, for some of us, they took those things and weaponized them. And they began to use those things as weapons to not only break the trust, but also use them to harm us and to gain an advantage over us. And so what we see here, dear ones, is what Judas did, as I said, it is historic. It is representative, but it is not unique. And it is this sense, this issue of betrayal and the pain that goes along with it that the psalmist tried to talk to us about way back in Psalm 55. The psalmist tried to help us to understand what Jesus would eventually go through in his life and what many of us have experienced in our own lives. Because as we look at Psalm 55, there was Notice what the psalmist says to us. Psalm 55, I'm just going to read a few verses of scripture, starting at verse 6. The psalmist says there, he says, And I said, Oh, that I had wings like a dove, for then would I fly away and be at rest. Have have you ever had a time where you just wanted to get away? Just wanted to get away and go away? Notice what he says, verse 7. Lo, then would I wander far off and remain in the wilderness. Notice he doesn't say I would, I would go to a certain place or a certain destination. He says I would just wander off. I would just go somewhere. In other words, wherever I'm going, if it ain't here, I'm still good. As long as wherever I'm going is not here, I'm okay with that. Verse 8, he says, I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. Now jump down, dear ones, to verse 12. He says, for it was not an enemy that reproached me. Then I could have borne it. If it was an enemy that was coming against me, I could handle it because that's what enemies are supposed to do. 
If it was an enemy, I could have borne it. Neither was it he that hated me that did magnify himself against me. Then I would have hid myself from him. If it was somebody that I knew that did not like me and did not care for me, I could prepare myself. I could buffer myself. I could take steps to mitigate what they would do against me or do to me. Lord, have mercy. But the verse, the Bible goes on to say, verse 13, but it was you. A man, my equal, my guide, and my acquaintance. The harm that came, came from somebody that I would have never expected it to come from. The pain that I experienced came from somebody who was the least likely individual for it to come from. Lord have mercy. Verse 14, we took sweet counsel together and walked unto the house of God in company. Now, the sweet counsel that is talked about there, dear ones, it is a picture of somebody who is sharing intimate and personal things with somebody else. The sweet counsel, talking to somebody about personal things and, and, and seeing how, how, how do you think I should handle this? What do you think I should do? That, that personal, intimate stuff that they then turn around and begin to use against you. Lord have mercy. And so the betrayal of Jesus that Judas undertook, it is historic. It is representative, but there was it's not unique because some of us, as I said, we've had our own Judas moments. But there was as we look back in Matthew, the 26th chapter, and we take note of these verses of scripture. Um, notice again what they say to us. Verses one and two, it says, and it came to pass when Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said unto his disciples, you know that after two days is the feast of the Passover and the son of man is betrayed to be crucified. Now, here, dear ones, we have the Lord Jesus prophetically describing for us what is about to happen to him in the next upcoming days. He is letting his disciples know that he will be betrayed. He is letting them know that he will be handed over to the Jews and to the Gentiles to be put on trial. And he is letting them know that he is going to be sentenced to death and ultimately will be crucified. But as I looked at this text of scripture, dear ones, the Holy Spirit impressed upon me to focus my attention on verse two, because notice again what the Lord says there. He says, you know that after two days is the feast of the Passover and the son of man is betrayed to be crucified. Now, in some of the newer translations, they have it translated shall be betrayed to be crucified. The son of man shall be betrayed to be crucified. But here it says the son of man is betrayed to be crucified. The, the, the newer translations put it in the future tense. Shall be betrayed to be crucified. But here the Lord is making, and that's making rep, a direct reference to what the Lord says is going to happen to him. His crucifixion is going to happen. But dear ones, as you probe a little deeper and look a little closer at what the Lord says here to us, there are several things for us to take note of. One thing is that the word is that is used here, it comes from the Greek word genomai. genomai. It comes from the Greek word genomai, which means to give birth to something or to be born, or to have something come into being. And so it is to give birth to something, to, or for, to have something to be born. When a woman has a child, that is a genomai moment. She is giving birth to something. Something is coming into being. 
And the other thing that we want to take note of is that the word betrayed that is used here, it comes from a Greek word which means to give or hand something over to another, like, like the torch or a baton in a relay race. When you're running the relay, you pass the torch or you pass the baton to the next runner and they take it and run, run with it. Now you don't hold on to it while they have it and you both run together. You're passing it off to somebody else. You're giving it fully to somebody else. You are delivering it over to somebody else. And so what you have here is the Lord Jesus is letting his disciples know that something has been given birth to. And the something that has been given birth to is going to result in me being handed over to the Jews and to the Gentiles to be crucified. We will get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message in just a moment. But we wanted to take a moment to share with all of you that the aim of our radio ministry at the Word of Life Bible Fellowship is to share the good news of Jesus Christ with as many people as possible and to strengthen and edify the body of Christ through Bible teaching that is both clear and relevant. We would like to see this ministry go even farther in accomplishing this work, but in order for us to be able to do that, we need your help. If you are able, after you have given to the support of your own local home church, if you are able to help us with the cost of airing this program on this station, we would greatly appreciate it. All donations are tax deductible, and they can be sent to the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, P.O. Box 8903, Tacoma, Washington, 98418. And if you would like to learn more about our ministry and be able to listen to some of the archived messages from Pastor Fields, you can do so by visiting us at our website, which is awordforlife.com. And now, let's get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message. And the other thing that we want to take note of is that the word betrayed that is used here, it comes from a Greek word which means to give or hand something over to another, like like the torch or a baton in a relay race. When you're running the relay, you pass the torch or you pass the baton to the next runner and they take it and run, run with it. Now you don't hold on to it while they have it and you both run together. You're passing it off to somebody else. You're giving it fully to somebody else. You are delivering it over to somebody else. And so what you have here is the Lord Jesus is letting his disciples know that something has been given birth to. And the something that has been given birth to is going to result in me being handed over to the Jews and to the Gentiles to be crucified. Something has been given birth to. He does not say the Son of Man, as as many of the newer translations say, the Son of Man shall be. He says, no, no, the Son of Man is, present tense, right now, is betrayed to be crucified. And dear ones, I would like to submit to all of you that what the Lord is doing here is he is saying that something has been given birth to and has come into being in the heart of one of his disciples. And when that thing is developed and fully grown, it will result in him being handed over to the Jews and to the Gentiles for them to crucify the Lord Jesus. 
something has been given birth to. And what I would like to suggest and submit to all of you, dear ones, is what we have here is the Lord Jesus describing for them and for us today the deception and the betrayal that was beginning to develop in the heart of Judas that would ultimately result in him betraying the Lord and assisting the Jews in his arrest. What Jesus is describing here when he says the Son of Man is betrayed, he is describing something is taking place in the heart of one of my disciples. He knew who, was, who it was. He knew it was Judas. But he's saying something is taking place in a person's heart. And that thing that is taking place in your heart, it will result in me being handed over to the Jews to be crucified. Something has been given birth that once that thing is fully developed, it will result in that person becoming my betrayer and, becoming, and betraying me to be crucified. Amen. Lord have mercy. And so dear ones, in Matthew 26 verses 14 through 16, we notice as we look at that passage of scripture, we see that is where the movements of betrayal begin to take place because that describes for us what Judas goes and does. He makes an agreement with the Jews for 30 pieces of silver. He makes an arrangement for to hand Jesus over and the scripture says he began to look for an opportunity. To betray him but before we get to verses 14 through 16 Jesus says in verse 2 that he has already been betrayed the son of man is betrayed not shall be betrayed is betrayed and so what you have there is the Lord is talking about the betrayal that will happen before it happens because in the heart of Judas he had already become a betrayer. The betrayal took place in his heart before the movements of betrayal and the activities of betrayal happened in his life. In other words, Judas had turned his back on and betrayed Jesus long before he showed any signs and did any actual work to betray Jesus. Judas was a betrayer before he became the betrayer. Now, dear ones, it is at this point that we need to slow down and take note of several things. The first thing is the overall gist of what I am saying here, that Judas had given birth to the decision to betray Jesus long before he actually took steps to actually carry it out. Dear ones, the overall gist of what I'm saying, that should not surprise too many of us. Because in many ways, the Word of God helps us to see that the actual carrying out of a thing is nothing more than the culminating actions of something that in reality has been going on and taking shape and being thought about and being pondered over and was formulating within our heart and within our mind for some time prior to that event. I want you to hear what I just said. It should not surprise us when we hear that Judas was a betrayer in his heart before he became the betrayer of Jesus Christ. This should not surprise us. Because for many of us, dear ones, the actions and the activities that go on, the things that take place in our lives are nothing more than the culminating actions of what's been going on in your heart, of what's been going on in your mind, of what you've been thinking about, of what you've been pondering over 
for a long period of time prior to that fateful event. Lord have mercy. Dear ones, the first, the first ingredient for that action, thought, was already there. The first ingredient of, for that action. See, because you've got to have ingredients. Sometimes you're making something, you've got to have the right ingredients. You want to make a cake, you've got to have the right ingredients. Flour, sugar, butter, you've got to have the right stuff. The first ingredient for many of the actions that we have undertooken in our lives, the first ingredient was already there. We gave, we put that ingredient there. It's been there for some time. We had it on the shelf. We took it off the shelf and we began to fool with it. The first ingredient is thought. You thinking about it, you pondering it over, you mulling it over, you fantasizing about it in your mind. It's the thought. The first ingredient was already there. All it needed for the other, for that thing to culminate and come into fruition within our lives was the only two other ingredients, and that was time and opportunity. Time and opportunity. Thought, time, opportunity. You got an issue. You ponder it over in your mind. The time comes for you to be able to act on it. And the opportunity presents itself. And you got something. For Judas, the thought, the thought was there. And the scripture says he sought for opportunity. He looked for the right time. He looked for the right setting. He looked for the right situation. Time, thought, opportunity. Betrayal. There was, this should not surprise us. Let me give you a couple other examples. Because in Matthew, the fifth chapter, let, let's look at what Matthew, the fifth chapter, says to us. This should not surprise us because the Lord has been trying to teach us this throughout his earthly ministry. In Matthew, the fifth chapter, he says to us in verses 27 and 28, he says, You have heard that it was said by them of old time, You shall not commit adultery. But I say unto you that whosoever looks on a woman, to lust after her has committed adultery with her already in his heart. The Lord says here, dear ones, that the act of adultery that takes place within a person's heart, that happens long before the actual physical act happens. The actual act of adultery, the physical act of it, is nothing more than the culmination of what has been going on in your mind and what's been taking place in your heart. Lord have mercy. You don't fall into adultery. You don't say, oops, I slipped into something. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. It it doesn't happen like that. It does not happen like that. Another example, in in John, 1 John, the third chapter, if we had time, dear ones, I'd turn us there. 1 John, the third chapter, verses 13 to 15, the apostle John informs us that the actual act of murder that a person can commit is nothing more than the culminating actions of the hatred that has been churning in that person's heart for that other person for some time. The hatred in that person's heart. John says, if you hate your brother, you are a murderer. If you have hatred in your heart towards another person, in John, according to what John says in 1 John, the third chapter, he says that equates you to being like a murderer. Because the the hateful thoughts, the hateful attitudes are are the precursor to the act of murder. 
And then there was in Colossians, the third chapter, verse 5, the Apostle Paul lets us know there that the actual act of idolatry, the actual act of idolatry that one people can commit within their, they, they can commit that act within their heart. And dear ones, before you see any outward signs of idolatry in a person's life, they'll become an idolater in their heart. And that happens whenever a person allows themselves to become covetous or to become greedy and overly attached and overly connected to the things of this life if you allow yourself to be overly become overly attached and overly connected to the things of this life now the things of this life dear ones it could be money it could be cars it could be houses it could be clothes it could be all those things but it could also be children it could also be job it could also be hobby it could also be activity it could be anything Hello, dear ones. This is Pastor Michael Fields. And here at the end of today's broadcast, I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you to all of you for taking the time out of your day to tune in and listen to our program. My hope is that today's broadcast has been a blessing to you in some way and has helped you in your walk and in your relationship with the Lord. And I want to encourage all of you to tell a friend about this program and join us here next time as we look into the riches of God's Word in order to find a word for life. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.